0: Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast where I'm talking to Sean Rosensteel, the founder of Savvy Pro Web, which is a web design company from Dallas. And we're talking about design tips on how to increase leads and sales from your website. Thanks for downloading. Now, put your hand up if you want more sales and leads. I can see lots of hands up, definitely. Uh, Most of these leads will come via your website. Uh, You might get the traffic from Google Ads or Facebook or social, whatever, but the lead will come through your website. But is it working to your advantage? Now, in this episode, I'm talking to Sean Rosensteel, the founder of Savvy Pro Web, which is a web design company that focuses on building sites that generate leads and sales. So there's a huge amount of insight on the copy that we use on our websites, the writing, the words. Uh, There's also tips for building better forms and an awful lot more. You can find Sean on LinkedIn, also at SavvyProWeb.com. That's Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y, Proweb.com. There's also a website opportunity cost calculator for you to download. So make sure you check that out as well. All the links are in the show notes. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is totally ad-free? Love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media, subscribe via your favourite podcast app. Uh, It's absolutely everywhere. Uh, You can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcast podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked you was if there was kind of one thing, one important thing to get absolutely right when you're trying to increase leads and sales from a website.
1: I think so, John, and I I would imagine my answer may surprise you. I'm going to say it's empathy. Right. So I don't think it has a whole lot to do with the design itself. I don't know if it has a Mm. lot to do with the imagery that you use the colors you use, the branding. I think it has a lot to do with the words you use, the copy you have, and whether or not it expresses empathy for your visitor's problem, right? I I see this mistake so often. And this may ruin website browsing for people (laughs) because (laughs) you're going to start to see it and recognize it. We're going to have some awareness for it now. But, you know, the mistake so many of us make is that We try to prove our worth and establish our credibility a little bit too much when we create these websites. And nine times out of 10, when you go to a business's website, what do you see? You see them doing nothing but talking about themselves. Yeah. Beating their own chests, doing everything they can to make sure that you know they're the best in the marketplace. They've won all these awards. They've got all these testimonials, all these accolades. And you're sitting there like, well, well, wait a minute. What's in it for me? I'm the person with the problem over here. Yeah. So what we need to do better, and I feel like the number one, almost like that silver bullet we're all looking for to increase our lead conversion is to start expressing that empathy. You know, visitors come to our website, and they want to know three things. They want to know, what do you offer? How can it make my life better? And what do I need to do to engage with your business? They need to know that they're being seen, heard, and understood, and that you truly understand their problem at not only the surface level, but also like at a visceral or an emotional level. You understand their pain. You understand why they're frustrated or they're stressed or they're worried or whatever it is, that emotion they're experiencing, and then ultimately, they need to know that you are the one who is competent. Your business has the competence to help them solve the problem so they can move on with their lives.
0: Yeah. I, we spend a load of money, don't we, and time and energy on the design. We, we, I, my experience is that we probably don't spend as much time and energy on the words. Would I be right? Sure.
1: I think you're absolutely right. And the design at this point, I mean, my gosh, you know, yeah. w- you've, you've been, you know, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I didn't realize that you had such a deep background with, with web design longer than I have. And design mm. is almost permission to play these days, right? It's like, yeah. there's so many great templates out there, whether you're on a WordPress platform or a Squarespace platform, whatever it is, design is expected. Yeah. I mean, look at, but to your point about the words, look at Amazon. Sure. they're not winning design awards.
0: Oh no, it's a horrible <laughs> website, isn't it?
1: <laughs> what do we do though, John? Mm. When we go to buy a product, yeah, works. what do we do? We, mm. we quickly glance at the product image to make sure we're in the right ballpark with what we're looking to buy, and then what do we do? We click the reviews, yeah. and we read the words, yeah. right? And that's what convinces us as to whether or not we wanna move ahead with the purchase or go find another product. It's no different if you have a service-based company words create worlds. Yeah. Language drives emotion. And we need to start getting more empathetic with the words we use and start putting ourselves in the shoes of the visitor and in our prospect shoes, our customer's shoes, so that they can really understand that, that we get them and they can feel it. Yeah. So absolutely. I think copy drives, you know, purchasing more than imagery does. Imagery is very important, but I'd sure. say it's it's a second. It, it's almost a secondary driver. If copy's primary imagery, I would say is second, but it all depends, right? So we have to take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. To each his own. So if you are a, you know, a, a photography business, sure, that's yeah. a little different, yeah, right. If if you are remodeling kitchens, if you're doing home improvement, imagery matters sure. quite a bit, right? So it really depends. We have to take everything and say, okay. This information sounds good, but you know what does that mean for my company, for my business, for what we offer, our products, our services? And maybe for us, it's 50-50. Maybe for us, products are just as important as the words we use. Or, hey, you know what? Maybe for us, the words matter more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, I tend to agree. I designed my first website. I think it was 1996. And oh, my days. I Amazing. Mean, yeah. I mean, what we were trying to do then, I think, was transfer all our paper material onto the web. So we were actually trying to act, trying, to, we'd have a flyer or we'd have sales material or something, and wow. we would try to actually build that exactly how it was on the page on the screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and row, that's why you, column yeah. divider R- row. Oh. <laughs> I remember those
0: days. <laughs> the, the, the nested tables, w- yeah. which went. Oh uh, man! Uh, oh man! Nah. It makes just, my head spin. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, kind of when we realised that was rubbish and it didn't really work very well, I think the next stage that Web 2.0 thing which happened, we were trying to put so much functionality and so much fancy pants things into our websites right. so that they <laughs> then just became this entire mess of awful thing. Was The last few years, I've found myself trying to simplify things. And I don't mean minimal. I just mean simplify everything. Would would that be something that you think is, is happening around the web world?
1: I wish it was happening more, John. Um, you know, we're still in business, I think, mm. because everything is too overly complicated. Yes. Um, and we have that core value at our company. And I guess I, I grew up and my dad, you know, in my upbringing, my dad just drilled this into my brain, complexity is the enemy of success. Yeah. And I think you can apply that keep it simple, or that less is more strategy mindset perspective to your website, because so often we, we, we start with a pretty neat, basic, simple website. And then over the years, we just add, we, we bloat it so much, we add so much to it, it becomes this Frankenstein nightmare. And what happens is, Visitors come and they're just overwhelmed. We've got 10 menu items, navigational items. We've got way too much content. Again, we're just trying to prove ourselves so much and prove our businesses so much that we sort of vomit all over the web pages. And we've got too much copy, too much imagery. Things are too cluttered. We're not using the proper, you know, white space strategy and those techniques. And um, so, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of times when a prospect comes to us, their website looks like walking into a target or a Walmart or a big shopping center. You get there and there's like a hundred aisles to go through and you're like, I forgot what I even wanted. Yeah. yeah. And then what happens, you know, if we make our visitors burn too many calories and we make them think too much, they're gone. It's tiresome. It creates fatigue. So what we really need to do, and it's a, it's a neat exercise I do with my clients because we typically like to create a homepage that's Real laser focused on their primary driver, like their primary revenue source. So and, and when we talk to them, they're like, well, wait a minute, we've we've got 12 services. It's like, okay, you offer 12 services to your clients, mm-hmm. but let's let's pop the hood a little bit, peel back the onion, and you know, which one of these services is responsible for 50% or more of your revenue? And typically sure. it's like, well, this one thing that we do and do better than anyone else is responsible for 80, 90% of our revenue. All the other stuff we decided to add on over time was just due to feedback and client yeah. requests and things of that nature. It's like, okay, well, we don't have a lot of time on the web. Everyone is working with a limited budget. Let's get laser focused on that one driver, that one service that accounts for 80, 90% of your revenue. Everything else can be backstage. Everything else can be add-ons, complimentary services, up upsells, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But um, what I find is that when we really focus in and when you come to that website, you've got like one or two options and it's very obvious what the business wants you to do. You know, Book a call or download this guide. Book a call or register for our upcoming webinar. You know, Book a call or download this tool that will help you solve your problem. So when we get that focused, we start to see really good increases in conversions because now we've got people's attention we're controlling the narrative of the company a little bit better. yeah. And we're not giving people so many distractions. How many times you go to a website and in the header area, like prime real estate, most valuable real estate you have on the web, right on the homepage, up in the header, you see links to their Twitter and their Facebook and their, yeah. uh, their, their YouTube. And I'll click on that Twitter and the last tweet was from 2015. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You know, or I'll click on that YouTube link and all of a sudden, I've got nine notifications from people I follow on YouTube, and I'm off watching cat videos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I totally yes. forgot about the company that I was yeah. researching, and now yeah. they're out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um, so, our recommendation is to really clean up that homepage, really clean up that navigation. Sure, you've got about us and our team and the contact page and your privacy policy, and maybe your ancillary service pages that can all be buried in the footer.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm not suggesting we do away and eliminate all those pages. Absolutely not. I'm just suggesting that where most people come in our front door, that's the home page. And we want to make sure that we capture their attention the right way and keep them focused on what we want them to do. Everything else can be lower priority there in the footer or the junk drawer, as we call it.
0: Yeah. You, you mentioned a bit about about kind of removing some of that authority-building thing about the, you know, all the testimonials and the videos and the logos and the I've won this award and that award and every award that I've paid for and I've won. Um, where do you put all this stuff? <laughs> well, I know, that i paid for. I that like that that. Paid, Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because I'm not going to mention the name of it, but there's a little county not too far away from where I live, and basically they have a yearly annual sort of like best business of the county award sort of thing. And basically mm. if you sponsor it, you win an award. And that's it, and it's like okay. So you give them five hundred pound sponsorship money, and you get an award. Sure, <laughs> yeah, that's kind right. of. That's bad, but anyway, um, you've got to. We're told we've got to build all this authority, and we've we've got to build all this trust and everything. That's true. Um, so so it's where true. do where if we can't cram it all in at the top, where do we put all this stuff?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So you know, if we go back to that one-two punch for mm-hmm. building confidence in. In, in the visitor, it, yeah. it's do you get me, see me, understand me? Do you understand my problem? Do you have the competency to help me solve it? So we gotta lead with empathy and mm-hmm. then we follow with competency and with that authority. So my suggestion is always to very tastefully sprinkle those sort of authority building elements throughout your site. So for example, if you have 25 testimonials, awesome. Sprinkle them evenly throughout the website or create a, you know, like a, a a scroller or what have you, where you, you know, the visitor can click to the right or to the left and see more if they care. Chances are they don't care. Yeah. Chances are also that you have a testimonial that, you know, is the size of a Bible. Yeah. So we got to get like one sentence testimonials that just get right at the heart of the problem that, that get right at those emotions that the client you served, overcame where they arrived, where they landed, as far as like state A looked like this after they did business with us, state B looked like this. Yeah. They moved from frustrated to confident. They moved from a place of stress to peace of mind and relief or whatever that looks like. That's what's really for sale at most of our companies is that emotional transformation that we provide. So yeah. you can sprinkle in testimonials. You, you might have awards and accolades and certifications, all that good stuff, great plant those in the footer, Sure, you know, we, we we can bury those a little bit. So they're not so you know, we don't lead with them, we follow with them, you can put those on your about page, you know, your about page is a great place. So If someone clicks on your about page, they want to learn more with you, but it still has to more about you, but it, you still want to do it in a tasteful, tactful way. That is still putting them your visitor, your prospect front and center. And just very, again, tastefully letting them know that, hey, we've been in business for 40 years, you know, for for the last forty years, we've had the privilege. We've been blessed to serve. We've had the good fortune of serving ten thousand people just like you. You know, yeah. there's a way to yeah. frame that, right, John? Yeah. True. Where you're not brag. You know, you're not being braggadocious. You're not beating True. your own chest. You're not going to make them think, "Ooh, gosh." Um, it, it, it's it's kind of like going out on a date. Yeah. You ever went on a date with someone and the person on the other side of the table from you does nothing but talk about themselves for an hour? You're just like sitting there, check please, right? Like, yeah. how fast yeah. can I end this date? Yeah. yeah. That's what we're doing with our websites. Yeah. So we want to do it in a way that is, you know, not so boastful and just tasteful.
0: Yeah. You mentioned sliders. I've got a love hate relationship with sliders because, because like I see like 10 slides five seconds between each slide so you've got 50 seconds of scrolling going on and then you look at google google analytics and everybody spends nobody spends more than say 15 seconds on the page
1: i think you're being generous yeah Yeah. i think you're being i mean we say you know the we always try to make sure our like one of the quality control items before a website gets launched is does this pass the grunt test Mm. the grunt test is within three seconds of landing on the homepage, can can we answer these three questions for the visitor? Again, that's what do you offer? How can I make my life better? And what do yeah. I need to need to do to engage? If we don't pass that grunt test, we we fail our clients. Maybe 15 seconds, maybe three seconds, it's short. I mean, the data suggests that it's getting shorter shorter and shorter. Sliders are the devil. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> because, oh yeah. yeah. Because, you know, there's nothing more frustrating than like you're reading something, then whoop. It changes. You're like, what? It's just frustrating.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and we don't have that kind of time anymore, John. You're absolutely right. So the Espe- only... Especially
0: when those slides are, are, are like, have nothing to do with what you're selling. Like the slides could be pictures <laughs> of the office. and That's right. and And <laughs> Betty in reception. And yeah, and office And Dave, you know, Dave in sales. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We always say to use images of success. So, you know, we typically work with high growth entrepreneurs, they're visionaries, they're moving at the speed of light, they're driving their culture inside their businesses. And, you know, they like we're working with, um, we just got done launching an M&A site out of Chicago with, with this firm, fantastic firm. And they were so hell bent. Initially, they were so hell bent on using images of like downtown chicago like skylines
0: yeah yeah
1: it's like well are you selling helicopter are you selling <laughs> helicopter rides yeah. are you selling commercial real estate are you yeah. selling window cleaning services yeah what are you doing yeah. and it's like well remember who your core target is you know you've got a core target of private equity what do these people look like what's the emotional transformation you know you bring them into this place of confidence awesome let's get some private, you know, some high resolution photos, non-stock looking, but real candid high resolution photos of what these private equity people look like sure. with confident gazes in their eyes. Yeah, And it really humanizes that experience for the visitor because they come to the site and they see themselves there. And they might be in a place of you know, uncertainty or they're feeling behind the eight ball with their problem that you can solve for them or whatever it is. And they see themselves in that imagery, those images of success. They say, I want that. And oh, by the way, this company gets me. That's me. Yeah. That can be me. That's who they work with. That's me. Yeah. So absolutely. You know, the images play a role for sure. But uh, yeah, going back to sliders, the only sliders that we let through our quality control is going to be those testimonial sliders and we don't automate them after 10 seconds or 15 seconds. We want the visitor to be in control. So if you have a slider, you may want to consider disabling that auto scroll and letting the visitor decide when they're done reading it and when they want to, you know, go right or go left or whatever it is. But yeah, we only typically do those these days in the testimonial area, which we call the guide section of the website, because what we're really trying to do is position you know, storytelling 101. We're trying to position our visitors as the hero in their own story. And we're trying to position our business as the guide that can help them win the day. So those sliders are, are you know, we typically only use those with, within the testimonial area. And they're not even sliders, right, John? They're sure. like, yeah. They're on these backgrounds where they're yeah. either like, Transparent backgrounds with imagery in the back dissolved in the background or they're just plain white whatever it is and then you've got two little arrows on each side and when the visitors ready to move to the next one but the data suggests at least on our end with our clients people read that first one they're not gonna sit there and be like oh let me see what else great things were said about your company. <laughs> yes. Do you remember like 10 yeah. years ago, we used to put testimonial pages up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah. no yeah. one clicked on those. And I was always like, gosh, yeah. we've got such great testimonials. We've got such a good track record with our sure. clients. Nobody nobody goes to our testimonial page. Back then, I was like, I wonder why. Let's, drive, yeah. let's try to drive more people there. Guess what? No one cares. Yeah. All they yeah. care about is what's in it for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how would you encourage form fills? Uh, more form fills, people mashing that submit button. How would you kind of encourage Mm. people to do a bit more of that when they visit the site, visit a site?
1: Well, number one, don't use the word submit. Sure. That's just a very negative word, right? So use, you know, send message or request a quote or, you know, make sure that it's something that benefits the visitor. Um, You know, schedule my consultation or, you know, whatever it is. Submit's kind of not the best language to use, right? Um, but for form fills, the obvious things that I think most, many of us know, which is like, you know, less information you request, the better. So sure. don't, don't be asking for credit card information and social security number and home address and, yeah. you know, mother's maiden name and all that stuff, you're going to get less conversion. So, you know, go with the minimum amount of information you need, you know, name, email, maybe phone number, but even phone numbers are a little sensitive, sure, right? So, is,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So try to like, well, you know, what, what? what do we minimally need to get the job done you know whether it's a sales call or it's a consultation or a quote request or a request for proposal whatever the whatever the um uh what's the word i'm looking to use whatever the functionality looks like you know in in what capacity do you collect this information whatever that looks like what's the minimal amount that we need because you're better off starting with more leads and finding out after 12 leads hey you know it would really help us if we if we could collect a phone number great add it on later yeah, but when you start, keep it really simple. So if you're not getting a lot of form conversions, um, I would, you know, just ask yourself, hey, would I be comfortable uh, disclosing all of this information? And you know, if not, then can we get away with a little bit less information mm-hmm. and still affect the same result? The other thing I found, a lot of us web companies you know, we love digital marketing because it gives us transparency into the analytics, right? So we can track what works, do more of it. We can track what doesn't work and and remove it. But sometimes we lose sight of the results that our clients are after and we end up doing things that benefit us for the purpose of analytics versus the, the client needs a lead. So we all have different preferences like for example for me if i'm on a website i am not going to pick up the phone and and call a number sure i'm just not that kind of a person i would much rather schedule a call i like predictability in my calendar yeah.
0: i think and, you're right and, 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 with it, a lot of people yeah i mean the phone is like it stops you from working it stops you from doing what you're doing doesn't it when the phone rings
1: that that's right so i kind of like to control my day hmm. a little bit more than that and so so like if, if i'm offered a calendly widget like if I'm often offered a scheduler like I'll, I'll yeah. schedule that appointment all day long a lot of my clients though they can't they they don't they just want to pick up the phone
0: true sure. yeah
1: right they'll, they'll just pick up the phone so we're all wired differently there's no right yeah. or wrong answer but if you're if you're lacking on the form commission side and yeah. your your form is pretty tight it, it doesn't require a lot of information first of all make sure that you know you're you're Providing value with whatever it is you're looking for the visitor. Like if if it's like, you know, fill out this form and our salesperson will call you to sell you. Yeah. yeah. What's That's, in it for me? Nothing. Sure. I, I, I'm not going to fill out the form and have you sell me. But, you know, how about fill out this form and one of our advisors will, you know, be happy to learn more about your challenges and goals. Yeah. And And provide you with the unbiased guidance you're looking for to solve your your pain or, you know, whatever it is like make yeah. it more about them. Number one. Number two is less information, the better. Number three. Maybe your clientele based on their demographics, their age, gender, whatever it is, maybe they're not interested in filling out forms. We have people who despise forms, like forms make them as mad as sliders make us, John, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so we're all wired differently. It's okay. So maybe provide a phone number, too.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big I mean, I must admit, I'm not a big form Form fan myself to be quite honest with you. I'd much, I like you. I'd much rather have a, a scheduled little meeting or something that makes makes life easier. Well, that's
1: another form of a form, though, right? I mean, that's still well, a form, yeah. I said still in a, a sense. form, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah but really but you, there's them. a lot more functionality, and you're yeah, going to get yeah. your. It's intentional, and you'll have a booked call that's yeah. scheduled, and you're on the calendar. So there's more yeah. there's more achievement, yeah, <laughs> for me yeah. at least in that. But uh, yeah, so have a form, yeah, have a phone number because not everybody's going to want to fill up. Fill out your form, and you've got to you've got to compromise because if you're like I am, which is I want to know what's happening and I want to mm-hmm. know what works and what doesn't, and do more of what works and drop everything that doesn't, you may have to compromise a bit. So for sure. us, like yeah, we have a phone number. I'd prefer not to get interrupted. Yeah, uh, Leona, the gal who does most of our sales, would prefer to not get interrupted because she's busy with her prospecting all day, but at the at the end of the day like we have to cater to the needs of the visitor. Of course, yeah. So what have we done? Well, we work with a company called What Converts. Right. And for 30 bucks a month, you can get a bank of dedicated phone numbers. It's a really smart technology and those phone yeah. numbers, you know, it's actually dynamic and it'll actually tell you, hey, this, you know, you got a call in the channel that was responsible for sending that visitor to your website was YouTube. The channel was Facebook ads. The channel was Google ads. It was LinkedIn. It'll actually give you insights behind, you know, the click, even though it's a phone call. So you can still get everything you want, but initially throw a phone number up there. Yeah. You might not get the data on it, but Hey, what's the, what's the result we want? We want a lead. Yeah. Yeah. So let's be results driven and let's not, you know, sacrifice results for the transparency into the analytics. It's just not worth it. We're, we're all in business as for-profit companies, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where do you like putting forms? I mean, do you do you feel forms at the top, at, at the bottom? I mean, where do you think the best place is?
1: Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, if it's mm. a landing page, you know, let's say it's a landing page to download, you know, a PDF guide. Um, yeah. Seven costly mistakes all businesses make with their forms. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, understanding mistake number three will increase your conversion rate by 10x today. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Well, you want that form right at the top of the page. It's a landing page. Sure. So you're going to want a graphic of your cover, the PDF guide cover on the left. And you're going to want your little form with name and email and download now button on the right. Um, if it's a contact form, I you know contact pages are pretty simple these days. Yeah, so yeah. maybe there's a map along the top or on the yeah. left, whatever it is. Same thing. I know you know a lot of businesses have contact forms at the bottom um, of their websites. Yeah. I, I guess that's fine. I always like a dedicated contact page. And I think, I think what's more important is that we stop being so vague with our calls to action. Contact us doesn't work. I don't want to contact you.
0: Yeah.
1: I yeah. want to quote yeah i want a proposal yeah uh, i'm looking for a bid um i, I want to schedule a, i want to book a call sure so be more sp- you know have a contact page sure we all need contact pages with our address and a map and all that stuff depending on our business in a contact form sure but create a dedicated page for that primary call to action no matter what it is get the quote book the call call the number you know whatever it is have a dedicated page for that and then put a big bright neon flashing light call to action in the upper right sure. hand you know side in the header of every page and have it be a button whether it's a phone number you know call us today for a free estimate yeah or or schedule an appointment i don't care what it is come in for a free trial sure have that you know static on every page of your website that's the cash register that upper right hand corner because you know naturally our eyes look at a logo and we immediately scan to the right yeah and we see what that is and it's like okay i know that if i'm interested in this company i'm doing my due diligence if i'm interested this company you know it feels like they get me they understand my problem i think they have the competency to do it to do it i don't have to wonder what you want me to do if it's just contact us I, there's yeah. no intentionality behind that, right?
0: No, you're absolutely right. It's kind of like asking somebody what you want want them to do next, I suppose, isn't it, really? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. So if we're moving on to the technical side a little bit, there's an awful lot of chat at the moment about website speed. Google have worried everybody but with all these mm-hmm. weird and wonderful numbers which they've, they've thought up over the last 12, 18 months. Um, in these core web vitals and things. Um, and and everything now seems to go to a number. So it's, you've got to be this fast and that fast and another speed and another something. Does this actually really matter in the real world?
1: Ooh, you're opening up a can here. I am. I'll we'll try to stay at 30,000 feet.
0: Yeah, because um, I'll upset all the SEO people, which I usually, uh, that's right. which I usually do anyway.
1: Hey, I think <laughs> SEO works so well. For certain companies, yeah. I know a lot of companies that SEO does not work well for. So again, to each yeah. his own. We're, all, you know, businesses are like snowflakes. We're all different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the, the one
0: the, the, the one thing that I grumble about sometimes is kind of like you've got somebody who spends all day rewriting a JavaScript file, okay, right. to shave three quarters of a second of a page download when the copy on the website is rubbish.
1: Right. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, yeah. And it's like, yeah. you
0: don't need, you need a copywriter. You don't need a SEO, That's you right. need a copywriter. Yeah. That's
1: right, yeah. yep. So so yeah, here, here's where I stand with that. So let's let's not fool ourselves. The mm. Google algorithm is protected like the KFC recipe. No one, none of us really know. Sure. Uh, Google has talked about page speed. Uh, they have a page speed tool, you know, that you can use. Yeah. Um, to, to analyze your page speed. I, I do think it's important. I do think it matters. I do think it impacts SEO. That's my opinion. I don't know for certain. And if someone's like, yeah. I know for certain that they, they don't. Yeah. So I do believe that it does impact your SEO. Is it a primary driver? No, but yeah. you know, is it somewhere in that algorithm? I'm sure it is. Yeah. I believe I, it is.
0: I think it's kind of like the the limits as well. I mean, if your website page, if your homepage takes a minute and a half to download, then obviously it's going to affect you, isn't it? I mean, that's obvious. But That's right.
1: Well, to your point, John, I mean, if you go to your, if you load up your website in your browser <laughs> yeah. and it's just sitting there and you've got that, you know, icon that's just going round and round, sure. you're probably, you know, your visitors are gone. By the time you recognize, they're, they're out of there. No, we, none of us have the patience. Yeah. So I always say lead with, you know, first and foremost, cater to your visitor, the human being yeah. who's investing their time doing their due diligence on their website, like cater yeah. to them yeah. above all. and then And then, yeah, then cater to Google. I mean, what drives me nuts, John, is so many businesses call us like, hey, we wanna run Google ads, we wanna run Facebook ads, we wanna yeah. do SEO. We want to do all these offensive strategies which are really exciting and they're opportunistic and and everything else and that by the way is something that really caters to the the high growth entrepreneurs we serve these guys are go-getters they're go-givers they're moving at the speed of light so that that excites them sure and then we say okay well hold on that sounds great sounds great but let's not put the cart before the horse what's going on currently on your website well we've got 1500 visitors a month yeah great how many conversions well none yeah it's like well isn't it true that if we spend 10 grand a month or five grand a month or five hundred dollars a month and run these ads or we deploy an seo strategy isn't it true that you're just gonna be holding the same empty bag when we're done with this campaign i mean if if 1500 you know you've got you're sitting on acres of diamonds based on everything you've done you've got 1500 prospects on your website every month let's fix this problem at the source you need a new website yeah like yeah. you've already got opportunity let, let, let's walk before we run and let's maximize what we've already got we've got 1500 birds in hand currently so i you know people do the seo thing and they drive a ton of traffic to their website it's no different than running ads running ads to me just means i get my data faster yeah and i'm not at the mercy of some Google algorithm after six, nine months changing and all my work going to
0: hell yeah. in a handbasket. Yeah.
1: So my my I always lean towards ads to get some, you know, quick data. And if something changes with ads, it's not a big deal. It takes, you know, an hour or whatever. But yeah, yeah. um, so what's interesting is, gosh, if you're working on your page speed and you've got an SEO expert working on your rankings and you're publishing, you know, fifty blogs a day trying to be entrepreneur, Inc. Forbes.com yeah. and you know you're doing all this offensive stuff gosh if your website isn't effective yeah. if you don't have a, a a a conversion rate that you're confident in you're just throwing money out the window
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah. And the SEO person, and I've, I've heard it from a number of SEO folks, will say, well, it's, you know, that's not my problem anymore. You know, that's, that's the designer's problem
1: now. We started in '08 as an SEO company, and mm. we were just, man, we, got, we had some unbelievable referrals. We worked with some incredible companies in the first year of, of business, not due to us, due to just our network. And after one year, we did the same thing. We're yeah. like, hey guys, number one, number one, number one, increased yeah. traffic, 80X, all this stuff. And they're like, well, the problem is we, we don't have any results. And we're yeah, like, yeah. ooh, that's a really big problem. So what did we do? We recognized the fact that we put the cart before the horse. And while yeah. we were really talented and really effective with our SEO, our company was called Savvy Pro SEO back in 08. Yeah, yeah. And what do we do? Later in 08, we changed the company to Savvy Pro Web, and now we lead with websites and we finish, you know, it's not till clients have to graduate through two phases to get to the offense phase, which is phase three. And then if and when SEO is the right prescription, and it rarely is, John, for our
0: clients, yeah, it yeah, rarely yeah, is. Yeah.
1: If and when it is, we have referral partners that, you know, we we pass on because we just don't even bother with SEO these days.
0: Yeah. It's almost as if conversion rate optimization is more important than SEO, but that would, open, an, that would open another can of worms.
1: Bingo. I mean, if yeah. you have a, I said fifteen hundred people a month. Yeah. If you've got twenty people a week on your, if you've got 180, 100 a hundred, eighty, a hundred people a month on your website, mm-hmm. that's a hundred opportunities. Yeah,
0: exactly. Anyway, I could chat about this for hours and hours and hours. Um, uh, where can we find you, Sean? Where's your website and your social media bits?
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, John. Uh, you can find us at SavvyProWeb.com, and then I'm, I'm typically more active on LinkedIn. anything else you can just search beyond LinkedIn Sean Rosensteel. right now we do have uh, what we call a website opportunity cost calculator on our website which is pretty cool cool. you know the problem we solve at the end of the day is so many of these companies have websites that cost them incalculable amounts of missed opportunity right sure so we build simple effective hassle-free websites that actually increase your credibility in the marketplace generate leads and ultimately win more business that's what we're after yeah so we found out over the course of the last 14 years that a lot of these entrepreneurs we work with they're just they have like they're uncertain they just don't know what they don't know. True. Sure. And so we created this website opportunity cost calculator so that you can actually discover how much opportunity your website is actually costing your business every month and then it also has some ROI projections baked in so that you can identify okay in the event that we invested in a new website what can I expect? From mm-hmm. the ROI, right? Gotcha. Um, so it's a really powerful tool. It's a very simple tool. It's just an Excel spreadsheet. It's just a you know, yeah. sheet you can download. Yeah. But it's a really neat tool. You plug in a handful of numbers. Most of them you already know. Um, like how many leads does it take you to close a deal? Yeah. And what's your you know average sales cycle in days? What's your average client lifetime value? I mean, you know these numbers already. Yeah. So you just plug them in and out. You know, there there's the output. There's what you're missing month in, month out, as far as opportunity, top line revenue based on what you input into the calculator. And here are your ROI projections, you know, depending on the, the investment you make.
0: Fantastic. And you can, and that's a, you download that on your website. Yeah.
1: yeah. Savvyproweb.com. You can go grab that anytime. Yep.
0: Brilliant. I'll, um, I'll leave links in the show notes for that as well. So folks can just Thank tap you. away on that. Um, Sean, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
1: Hey, John. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks again to Sean for his time. Don't forget to check out the link for the website Opportunity Cost Calculator. Download that. The link is in the show notes, all right? Uh, If you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favourite podcast player. Uh, Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.